and he became more like what they call a fixer, where like anything that needed to be done. When I lost my wallet, he helped us find it. He was booking us hotel rooms. Yeah, Trav lost his wallet, everyone. Big surprise. Surprise, (laughs) surprise. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 244. Pop quiz. Which is bigger, the state of Georgia or the country of Georgia? If you said the state of Georgia, then you're right, because it's almost twice as big as the country that shares the same name. I've now spent quite a bit of time in both the state and the country of Georgia, and while Savannah is great and Coca-Cola's even okay, I've got to hand it to the country of Georgia, the Hachipuri, the mountains, the people, the homemade wine. It's got the state of Georgia beat, but no matter where you're going, whether you're staying domestic in the U.S. or whether you're traveling abroad to an obscure area like the Republic of Georgia, you need a good travel backpack. And if you want to use the same travel backpack that I use, I've taken all around the world with me, make sure to head on over to TortugaBackpacks.com. Check out all the offerings they have there. And if you do decide to pick something up, don't forget to use the promo code EPOP. That's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is certainly at home in a cottage in the Cotswolds, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hi, everyone. It's definitely a beautiful day here. We are recording from the Cotswolds in England, and it's been a really sunny trip so far. Yeah, the old nickname you were given in Japan, Aka Oma, mm-hmm, which right, meant rain woman, is not coming through on this two month trip so far. We've had pretty good weather everywhere that we've been, and we are well. S- it rained a lot in Norway, to okay, be fair. <laughs> that is true. So the beginning of the trip, the name was sticking, but yeah. now the sun is out. A decidedly sunny day here in um, in England. Heather's got a cider next to her, but we are not here to talk just about England. We're here to talk about an earlier part of our trip and one of the best places, well, I, I shouldn't, I should only speak for myself, one of the best places I've ever been, that is the country of Georgia. The best place you've ever been. I said one of. One well, of. I'm not ready to, you know, that'll be another podcast mm. when we redo our top 10 places or the best places to go or anything like that. But spoiler alert, it will be on the list. I absolutely loved it. And it's a little known destination. And I'm going to get to hear how you feel about it during this podcast, which is which would be great because we haven't talked too much about it. You know, I know your overall impressions, yeah. but we want to talk about the country, the re- technically the Republic of the Georgia. The Republic of Georgia. And basically why we would even go there. We When we told people we were going to Georgia before and after the trip, everyone asks us, well, what made you decide to go there? Yeah, from Georgians when we were in the country <laughs> to anyone who was, you know, a foreigner who was saying, why are you here? Or people that we were talking to before we left, you know, what are you doing there? So we're going to get into that. And we are going to be a little more systematic about this Destination Diary. If you've listened to some of our other Destination Diary episodes, you know, they're pretty free flowing. We talk about what to do, where to eat, you know, where to sleep. We're going to do all that. We're going to give you very specific recommendations too, like certain restaurants and hotels and stuff like that, that, that we like. But we have to start a little bit with the overview of the country because it is an area that a lot of people are not as familiar with, you know, Um, and we certainly were not as well. And I was on Wiki Travel a lot. So we're going to give you a brief overview in the beginning 
and then we're going to start going into more and more specifics. So it'll be, it could be a little long this podcast, but we're we're really trying to hem it in. Yeah, we'll try to be succinct, and we know it's hard, especially for one of us in this pairing. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll do our best. We will do our best, and so let's get into the Georgia Destination Diary, and, and we have to really start of where it is. Where and it this is. is funny that we're starting with this question. Because that's not even really easy to answer (laughs) because they're saying things like, oh, this is the second highest mountain in Europe. And I thought, wait, we're still in Europe? Well, maybe. So we can't even tell you what continent it's on because Georgia sits in a nook that that is east of Turkey. Yeah. I mean, it's northeast of Turkey. So if you imagine where Turkey is and the Black Sea is on the northern part of Turkey, then Georgia is just to the right of that. So the east of Turkey. So it also has parts of the Black Sea touching Georgia. And then it kind of feels like Middle Eastern, Asian and European. It's a really interesting mix of cultures there. And I know people say that about Turkey as well, that it's Asia and European, Asian and European, but I really found it to be true in Georgia as well. Yeah. So you're you're east of Turkey. You are north of Armenia and Azerbaijan. You are just south of Russia. And you are also north, you know, you go down Armenia, Azerbaijan, and then you get down into what most people would consider, you know, the not the real Middle East, but Iraq, Iran, Syria, things like that. So you're sitting in there tucked in between the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea. And it is a it is a country that is only about half the size of Pennsylvania. So we looked this up because I thought, this is crazy. That's one of the things we loved about it. It's so different and dramatic. You can be on the coast of the Black Sea in Batumi, which is like a resort city, um, or you could be up in the middle of the remote mountains um, up in northern Georgia, or you could be in the wine region of eastern There's Georgia. There's so much to do in this country. I mean, we were thinking, oh, you know, maybe we'll do a week, maybe we'll do 10 days. And after 14 days, we forced ourselves to leave, mainly because Trav promised that we could go to Greece and we had already booked our tickets. But you could really spend so much time there because it's very diverse and there's lots of cultural things to do and there's wine and mountains. I mean, it's the best. And that's even without us going on trekking tours where you would go and, you know, you'd camp. Amazing hiking. And you would hike for five or ten days or things like that. We were just bopping around. And we'll get into how we did all that as well. Um, The capital, you know, to give you a little more of an overview, capital is Tbilisi. It's a lot of people refer to it as a a more European-feeling city, which I I would well, agree has, with a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool because they have nice restaurants and cafes in Tbilisi, and they have some buildings that look very European, you know, that old classic European style. But then, like, the little hills and mountains around it remind me of pictures I've seen of the Middle East, and it's a little more, like, scrub brush looking with brown hills and mountains, and then they have some, you know... Middle Eastern looking buildings as well. And and I would say Tbilisi is a city that is, it, it's not too scary or it's not too hard, <laughs> you know, when you no, come it's in. It's easy. Yeah. It's, People are so friendly. So friendly. It's with English um, across all of Georgia. It's pretty easy to get around. I mean, it's not. It's not perfect. It's not like you're here in England or the U.S., but it's English is pretty easy to get around. A lot of the younger generation are learning English, whereas a lot of the older generation learned, uh, they obviously all know Georgian, but then learned Russian, of course, because they're part of the, the USSR. But a lot of the new generation is learning English and, and really into English. And even you know some of the older people know English as well. So I wouldn't be afraid. You know, it It's this area that I think before we went, we thought it might be harder yeah, traveling it be than it actually was. There. Like we were a little... I think gun shy, maybe a little hesitant, Mm -hmm. Um, but we found it to be easier traveling. And that is because we did get a driver and and he helped us with a lot of things, but it was easier. So I wouldn't worry about, especially going into Tbilisi. It's a pretty easy city to get around. Multicultural, you know, modern type city. There are, are, it's very easy to find things. It's, um, you know, you can get taxis everywhere. You can take the, the, the subway and buses and all of that. But, to get into Georgia, you you have to fly usually. Typically, would, you typically, would be flying. You would in. be flying, and most of the flights, believe it or not, 
coming in the middle of the night. So yeah, we're talking two, three a.m., four a.m. So that was kind of a downside of going to Georgia. And but most of the flights leave at that time. They too. also leave at like five a.m. So at first, I was kind of like, "That's really going to suck." But because we try to plan ahead at least a little bit these days, a I, bit. I made Travis book a place. We ended up getting an Airbnb and I made Travis book a place for the, the day before, basically, so that when we arrived at four o'clock in the morning, we could go straight to the apartment and not have to like wander around Tbilisi, you know, so exhausted without a place to go to at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And typically the, the reason the flights come in that early and then leave that early is because a lot of flights are coming in from Istanbul or other parts of Europe. So since this isn't the main hub in Istanbul and other stuff, that kind of takes precedence. So if you're kind of transiting through, you're going to be here um, early in the morning, but it, it works out and you'll usually fly into Tbilisi. Um, I think they we were told there's four, five million. We're not like wiki uh, travel experts here on Georgia, <laughs> but four or five million people in Georgia, about a million and a half live in Tbilisi, by far the biggest city. And uh, you'll, you'll usually find a Tbilisi. You could also fly into Batumi, which is on the West Coast, which is on the Black Sea, a city that we actually, in 14 days, believe it or not, didn't even get a chance to go to. But those are the two airports that you will fly into. And one of the things that was so neat, you know, talking about a general overview of Georgia and, and the landscape, we already told you, you have the coast. Um, we're going to get into the mountains and, and why those are so amazing. We're going to get into the wine regions and, and the whole landscape. So you got the landscape, which is really cool and really diverse. Also, and it always helps, especially for me, if you're traveling somewhere, that it's it's cheaper. Yeah. And Georgia is not the cheapest place we've ever been. I mean, that would still be Southeast Asia, you know, Thailand, we're talking, um, Bali, um, Cambodia, places like that. But Georgia is overall very, very cheap. And their currency is called the Lari. And so when we if we mention something in Lari, just so you know, um, a price in Lari or something like that, it's about two and a half to one. So if it's like 20 lari, you're looking at $8 or something like that. Yeah. If you just divide in half, really yeah. you get a general idea of how yeah, much so, it costs. And so uh, speaking general costs and things like that, typically you can go out and you can get uh, a meal, you know, maybe 10 lari, so we're talking $5. To ride the train, it's 50 cent lari to ride the subway in Tbilisi. <laughs> so talking 20 cents a train ride. Taxis were really inexpensive. Taxis, yeah, I mean, getting from the airport even at, at 4 a.m. in the morning, it was about $15, $16. And, you know, of course, they're going to charge you more then because it's middle of night and things like that. But if you get a taxi around Tbilisi, you can usually get oh, anywhere you yeah, want for two, two, three bucks. Yeah, it's really inexpensive. So that makes it nice because then Trav at least allows us to take taxis instead of forcing me to go. <laughs> coming from <laughs> on have, buses right and... before we had gone to Georgia, we were coming from Norway. So, I mean, and, and relatively things seemed like we were getting them for free there. But Georgia overall, cheap country. We were able to hire a driver um, and take us around. But even though it's cheap, I have to say that they have such a nice range of like mid-level accommodation. So you can find really cheap accommodation. But the mid-range of like... Airbnbs or guest houses that, or even some hotels that were pretty affordable for being like an amazing hotel. You know, it's really nice to have that middle ground of accommodations and experiences so that you can feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, in Tbilisi, you can get something as cheap as $20 a night. Um, we spent 50 on an apartment that was very nice. There, we stayed a night or two nights at a hotel that had a really great view over Tbilisi. That was a hundred dollars a night. Um, and we'll, and we'll give you the specifics when we get, we're going to break it down by region to make it easier for you in a little bit. But, um, yeah, you're talking five star hotels for 130, 140 if you wanted to go that route and middle range stuff, 50, 60 bucks, apartments, stuff like that. So, um, definitely. And that's in Tbilisi and in the cities, which are generally more expensive than getting out into the countryside. As far as transportation, have we talked about the fact that in, in Tbilisi, subway, you can easily take, um, you can walk around the city of Tbilisi pretty easily yeah, to most of the areas you're going to go. Yeah, it's not a huge city. Right. 
um, and and then transportation in general around Georgia, there are a few options. Uh, one, if you listen to our uh, podcast that we put out before, um, is called a Mashrutka, and a Mashrutka <laughs> is a minivan, which is it's basically a public bus, but it's a, it's a minivan. You know, sits about a passenger 50, van. Supposed to sit maybe twelve people. Usually, there's about eighteen crammed in yeah. there, and they go all over the country, and those are crazy cheap. Um, yeah. we're like talking three about three dollars, three dollars for like three hour ride. You can go up to Mestia, which is an area we didn't get to go to, and that is a nine hour Mashrutka ride. I, I would I, not recommend that. I was going to do it. I we we. Did didn't. Heather was not too keen on that, but I, I think you're paying like eight bucks a person. So it's really cheap to get around that way. Um, you can also fly, uh, talking about Mestia, that one area that we didn't get to go to and that, um, you know, at the end of this, we're going to talk about one of the things we regretted or things we want to do. Again, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Come on, Chad. Uh, I won't mention it too much, <laughs> but you can, you could, there are a few flights, but very rare. There is a train between yeah. the two major so cities. So the flight you'd have to book ahead if you were going to Mestia because we wanted to take the flight, but it was sold out while we were there. You can also... And I think that would be like 40 bucks a yeah, person, a but you have flight. to book a couple months in advance because yeah. there's one flight... It's one flight every other day, and I think it holds 30 people or right. something like that. You can also hire a car. The driving is really easy. The roads are nice in all of Georgia. I mean, other than the mo- one of the most dangerous roads that we went up, which I would not recommend driving yourself. But yes, yeah, so you can hire a car, and you can also do what we did, which was hire a driver whom we had for, it was supposed to be five nights, five days, but we ended up extending it to about seven Yeah, seven or eight days. And that is recommended. So hiring a car is great if you're just going to stay out of the the main mountain regions, like the crazy mountain regions, which we'll get into and and give you the names of those. But you hire a car, you can drive yourself. It's fine. They're a little crazy where they're driving, but nothing too much. And and I think hiring a car, we're looking at what, $25, $30 a day. Gas is not that expensive. Petrol is not that expensive. Um, you know, it's like a dollar a liter or so. So, so definitely an affordable way to, to see the country. And then if you do want to get up into some of the crazy areas, um, you need a four by four and, um, you, you like, you certainly need a four by four. You're going There's up some no way insane roads. Go without having a Jeep of some sort. Right. So if you're experienced, you can drive yourself. We met some people who were doing that. We did not do that. We were thankful we didn't. We hired a driver who actually was the highlight of our trip. He's not really a driver now to us. He's our friend, Akko, who is awesome. And um, I think that ran about somewhere around 80 US dollars a day um, to, for, for a driver and, and to drive you around and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's kind of the general overview of Georgia so that you have an idea of what it is. And, and I guess we... To, to wrap up the general review, Ath, why don't you give your your overall opinion of Georgia? Because when we went on this trip, you know, when we started this two-month trip, we each picked a country that we wanted to go to. Mine was Georgia. Yours was Greece. We're going to be talking a lot about Greece in other podcasts. So if you want to go to Greece or have been to Greece, listen up there. But this was my choice and this was something i was really into yeah and really for sure about. i mean it was a place that you really wanted to go to and i didn't know much about it and i when we were in norway we were booking our tickets and i had like googled georgia and tbilisi and just seeing some of the images on google images it's it's beautiful it's a very stunning landscape it's the the cities are cool and then i didn't even know when we went, all of these things that we were going to do up in the mountains, like these old monasteries and these huge, the Caucasus, Caucasus, Caucasus. Oh, they say Caucasus. They say, yeah, whatever. Caucasus. <laughs> the Caucasus. The Caucasus Mountains. The Caucasus Mountains. It's beautiful. And so after being there for 14 days, I mean, I could have stayed longer, number one, which says worlds about how much you like a place. Because if you're traveling and you've been there for two weeks and you still want to stay, I think that pretty much can sum up that it's a beautiful place. It's really um, affordable. People are some of the friendliest people we've ever met. And the food is good and the landscape is good and the wine is good. So, I mean, it's just a really kind of laid back country. Yeah, I I would echo everything. I would say that if you are listening to this, you, you obviously have either you love the podcast, which is great. And if you love the podcast, you probably like the way we travel and we both love the Georgia. So you should go or you have an inkling that you might want to go here. 
you should go. Or you've already been and you already know how magical it is and you want to go back, in which case, let's all go back together. But it great food, good wine, amazing people, and uh, you know landscape that is and scenery that is on par with any country we've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, um, some of it reminded me of Switzerland yeah. because the mountains are so striking and, and tall and snow-capped and it's very green and, and lush in places, but then it in other places when you're down nearer to Tbilisi and not in the mountain ranges, you know, it's a completely different landscape. So it's quintessentially like switzerland in the mountains but then when you're down in the cities it's like a whole other more exotic place yeah and it we we basically said this is like a off the beaten path or more rustic it's switzerland like that's the only thing we could compare it to with those dramatic peaks and and just like going up these crazy roads all switzerland you know they're all paved and amazing in georgia there you know you're going like around bends and only one car can fit and there's another one coming down it's a dirt path so it's it's an off the beaten path um switzerland as far as the the landscape at least up in the mountains and we definitely feel more like an adventurer and we didn't even as travis mentioned we didn't even go trekking exploring hiking i mean if you are into hiking you have to go to this country because it's just, it's remote, but it's stunning. And I mean, there are lots of people hiking and trekking and we didn't even have gear with us or have the time to do that. I, but, yeah, you can take these three, five, six day treks from like one town th- through the Caucasus to another town and just be totally in nature, totally remote and talk about off the beaten path and, and like a very unique, authentic travel experience. You get that when you go to Georgia, no matter what, because it's not that touristed. But if you really, really want to get it and and see things that not that many foreigners have seen and and especially not any of your friends or family, probably um, it is is a really there are so many ways that you you can do that. And um, when we go back, that is one of the things we want to do. And um, just to just to wrap up the overview, you know, the seasons are they have four seasons, a lot like the East Coast of the United States, you know, with a with a pretty hot summer. Um, you know, pretty cold winter. If uh, actually a lot of the areas we're going to talk about, you can only go to in a certain, you know, kind of in the summer into the fall because of the snowfall. You know, the, a lot of the roads you can't get up to, um, or at least one of the areas. So, just so you know that, you know, I it would depends say when you go. the best time to visit would be September, September because it's still beautiful weather, but it's not way too hot and it's very comfortable, and you can still get up into the mountains. And the mountains are hot during the day, but then really nice and cool in the evening. So I would say September is the best month to go if you want to go skiing, however. Right. That was, I guess, what you brought me go, to this other point yeah. was that it, they have ski resorts there that are, we were told, we haven't done it, you know, $10 for a lift ticket, maybe $5 for ski really rentals cheap. per day, really cheap. So um, that would be the other main season that you would want to go would be in the winter if you wanted to ski. So what we want to do now is is kind of jump into the regions and give you an overview of our 14 days and what we might recommend, like an itinerary, and do that by giving you very specific places that we ate, slept, and things to do, just like we usually do on Destination Diary. And, the, you know, the start, most everyone will probably start in Tbilisi because that's typically where you're going to fly into. And um, that's the biggest city and, and a lot of stuff starts from Tbilisi. So that's where we'll start, and that's where we start our trip and did about three days in Tbilisi. Yeah, we basically did like three areas of Georgia. And like you said, we started in Tbilisi, and the first time we were there, we rented an apartment for three nights, and it was a great little apartment. It was 50 U.S. dollars a night. And it was in a really cool section of the city, which I really liked with lots of cafes right in within a few minutes walking, great lunch spots and restaurants. Right. It wasn't in old Tbilisi in the old section. It was about a 20 minute walk from there. But it was in this area where a lot of like um, the expats live. And it's right off Roostevelli Avenue, really easy to get to. So apartments and Airbnbs are certainly an easy way to do um, accommodations when you are in Tbilisi, as you mentioned, there's a lot of guest house, and then there are there are two Marriotts, like the two, uh, and there's a Radisson Blue. The Radisson Blue was when we looked was crazy expensive. You could use your points at it, but I'm talking like four hundred dollars yeah, a night. But it was crazy, but Marriott, it had a neat view. The Marriott on Revolution or um on the main square there was about Freedom Square. Freedom Square was about a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty dollars a night. So definitely doable if if that's the type of traveling you want to do. Um. And we loved Tbilisi. Uh, so those are kind of the accommodations. 
one of the things that we did, the main thing we did in those first couple of days in Tbilisi was eat. Yeah. And you can't go wrong. I, I mean, maybe you could, you but could we did You could go didn't. wrong. But if you just do a little bit of research or if you just go to the exact places that we went to, which we're going to tell you now, then you can't go wrong because the food is really good. It's fresh. The salads they have there, like the fresh vegetables they have are so delicious. They do a lot of tomato and cucumber salads and fresh greens and fresh cheeses made in Georgia from like surrounding farms. Yeah, you will never go hungry in Georgia because that is one thing is that you get huge portions of food. And we were told before we went there that the fruits and vegetables would ruin our taste buds for other countries afterwards because it's so fresh. And it it was. Um, So some of the things talking about eating just in general of, of what you should eat, the types of food, Obviously, salads, fruits, vegetables, you get that everywhere. Um, Hachipuri, one of the best known dishes of Georgia, which is basically cheesy bread. Um, there's like It's a really nice, almost like a pizza dough, and it's filled with different kinds of Georgian cheeses. And sometimes they have an egg on top or meats inside, but you can just get them with only cheese. And it's really, really delicious. Yeah, there's different types. Um, we got it all the time. Uh, almost with every meal, we couldn't get enough of it, and it is fantastic. The other known dish is uh, is hinkali, which are like little dumplings that you have to bite, and then you suck the the juice out, and then you eat the meat. And uh, of course, they tell you not to eat the tops of it because that's only only the poor people eat the tops with the dough. But then that's what we were told, right? And they said you have to know the correct way to eat it. Don't eat the tops. And then most of the people we hung out with ate the tops anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like an old wives' <laughs> tale, but hinkali, um, yeah, really good dumplings. Yeah, I mean, hinkali wasn't my favorite, mainly because I don't like dumplings and I don't really like minced meat. <laughs> so two things. Yeah, that two things that are that make up make that. up hinkali. But if you like those things, they were delicious and you really enjoyed them. Yeah, and uh, you. As we said, the food is absolutely incredible there. Um, those are kind of the, the traditional dishes. They do a lot of meats. They do a lot of barbecued meats. Um, they also do the hachipuri, the cheesy bread. One of our favorite things to eat, maybe maybe your favorite, maybe my favorite, was the hachipuri on a spit. So it was like... Like a kebab. It was like a kebab of bread and cheese that was, was then roasted fantastic. over the fire. fantastic. And they do a lot of roasted meats and they have sauces that you can order for the sides. So it's really fresh besides there being a lot of bread and cheese where you could probably pack on the pounds eating so much bread we and cheese. Probably <laughs> pack on the we pounds. Did. But they also have healthy options such as the nice grilled meats and vegetables. Yeah. And every time you eat, whether it's at someone's house, which, which are, is the best way to eat, um, we'll talk about how you can maybe do that, or whether you're at a restaurant, it's... There's a lot to it. And, and we forgot to mention my favorite. I was just going to say your very favorite thing. Which I was surprised eat. of yeah. was was uh, aubergine, was eggplant with then walnut sauce. Yeah, it's just, like a walnut paste almost. A walnut like paste. Pesto, but walnut. Yeah, so it was grilled eggplant with, it's a little sweeter. with walnut paste on top of it. And it was just delicious. We ate it at the first. So the first place we'll tell you to eat in Tbilisi is called, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's called Sofia Melnikova's Fantasseria Durrani. <laughs> I, I think that means probably like fantastic restaurant or something of that nature. And that was the very first place that we ate in Tbilisi. And it had been recognized or it had been recommended to us. And it was very difficult to find. But we did. We were just wandering down these back streets and all of a sudden it opened into a courtyard and we found it. And this is where we had that eggplant. For the first time. For the first time. Yeah. And we ordered it. And I thought, oh, this might be all right. This sounds interesting. And it blew me away. Yeah, it was so delicious. So that was a great restaurant. We sat outside, nice outdoor seating. Everything we ordered was absolutely delicious. Yeah. But our favorite restaurant, well, we have a few favorites in Tbilisi. <laughs> we did not strike out at all in Tbilisi because we got some recommendations. We went to them and all of them were good. Abajuri was the only restaurant that we, uh, no, actually two restaurants we, we went back to. We did twice in three days. That's how good they were. Abajuri right off of Freedom Square, uh, literally right there. And it this is where we got the incredible hachipuri on a stick, the cheesy bread roasted over fire the first time. It was awesome. It was so delicious. I dreamt about it the whole trip and, and made Trav go back there when we came back into Tbilisi at the end of the trip. 
and the the chicken kebab was so good. The, the restaurant is Some of the best chicken great. we've ever yeah. had. It was delicious. And we found that, uh, I believe that was because that might have been on TripAdvisor's, one of the best restaurants we tried out, and it was really good, and it was cheap, um, you know, like $15 for two people for a lot of food. So Abajuri, right there off Freedom Square. Nice wine list. <sighs> nice nice wine Georgian list. wine. Highly recommend Abajuri. Muka um, was a place up by where we stayed a little bit, again, about 15-minute walk north of Freedom Square. This was but a just cool... like a five-minute walk from the apartment we rented. It yeah. was really close. And, and we'll link all this up in the show notes, guys. So if you're listening and, and you know, you're just listening through and you say, oh, well, I'm not going to remember this. Don't forget, you can go to the show notes. We'll link all that up so you'll be able to check it out. You can make your own itinerary, things like that. You can see the apartment we rented if you want to try to rent that one, um, things like that. But Muko was a, a great place. With like kind of a um, more boutique cafe, like a yeah. little upscale cafe. and more international type food. It had some Georgian food, but it also had uh, falafel. We had twice, which was really nice, and breads and snacks and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, so we went. We went back twice. It was right there. Barbare Stan. What we were told we had to get recommendations for, so we called up. You mean um, reservations? Yeah, reservations for. <laughs> we got it. It was the number one restaurant on TripAdvisor for Tbilisi, and it was. It's classier. Like it's a little more expensive. Yeah. Well, fortunately, it was kind of talking to travel. We were getting ready to go, and I was wearing denim cutoff shorts, and you were in some sweaty clothes from walking around. And I said. Before we left the apartment, should we maybe change because we had to make a reservation? Is it a nicer place? And it's not formal. I wouldn't say that. But every woman who was dining there was wearing a dress. And Trav had put on a button-down shirt and some shorts, which was was totally fine to wear. But it was a little more than casual, kind of just... And there's a cool story behind that where they took the cookbook of one of the first kind of um, like women's liberation people in Georgia from the late 1800s. They they found her cookbook. And so most of the recipes are her. She was also like a chef or whatever. And most of the recipes are her uh, recipes and made the same way she made them. So a lot of traditional stuff. And it was really, really good. It was great. And their wine list was excellent. They had, they had a, a whole wine cellar and it's all Georgian wine. So that's a really nice place to go, especially if you want kind of a more formal evening yeah like out. a classy romantic and when we say expensive we're still talking about mains might might be 10 bucks at the most uh some of the mains are like seven bucks the appetizers you know we got this cool little four four dish sampler for appetizers and i think it ran us like six bucks it was awesome um so you know it's not like it's too expensive you could certainly afford it so barbari stand and speaking of, of wines and wine lists there are a few places that we'd recommend you go if you are going to get wine. Before we came to Georgia, we had no idea that Georgia is home of the oldest wine region in the world. They have this ancient way of making wine, which we can talk about later on when we visit the wine country. But the in Tbilisi, you can go, they have a lot of wine bars, which is super fun. Yeah, I wine love, is everywhere it's in everywhere. Georgia. I mean, we are talking about every person you meet is carrying around a jug of their homemade <laughs> wine, especially in Kakheti in the wine region. Not in Tbilisi. They're not, not like, yeah. <laughs> carrying okay. it around the city. But when you're in you're in the rural areas, everyone's giving you wine. We got given more bottles and jugs of wine in 14 days than we have in the rest of our life. So wine is everywhere. A lot of people just make homemade wine to very very varying degrees of quality, yes. obviously. Um, but in Tbilisi, there were a few really cool wine bars that we went to. The first one that we went to was Vino Underground, which is a really cool spot, kind of near Freedom Square. Uh, hidden a little bit. Yeah, I mean, hidden. it's underground. Yeah, it's well, it's you go down some stairs and it's like in a basement almost. Underground. I guess technically that's underground, but it's like in a basement. Okay. So they have all sorts of wine in there. It's really laid back and chill. They do serve some food, although we had just eaten at Abajuri, so we didn't need anything else to eat. But they just make lots of cool fresh food there. You can get cheese and and snacks and stuff like that. And it's all, they kept saying, uh, not they weren't using the word organic, but that's what they meant. Um, the, a lot of the wine they had there was organic wine. Yeah. There, there's a lot of different ways to make the wine in Georgia. And they, I can't remember the word they, they, a lot of people kept using for us. They weren't saying fresh, but there was a way that they were describing it. And it meant like, okay, we use or, organic grapes and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so that was their thing at Vino Underground to have all organic Georgian wines. And it was 
it was amazing. And the guy who was working that evening, I think he was one of the owners, was really friendly. And, you know, we were asking what's Although your recommendation. At first he wasn't. This was kind That's of funny true. because at first he was a bit standoffish and his English wasn't the best. He could definitely understand us and speak to us a little bit. And I kept saying to Heather, I'm going to wear him down. So yeah. I just kept asking him questions. And then he came around and was really friendly, but it yeah. took a little and while. And he recommended some really nice wines for us. And so that's a cool spot. And you can probably meet some other English speaking people because kind of, and it's not touristy in any way, but I think it's kind of a hot spot for people to go. So yeah. And on top of that, one of the, the second place that we'd recommend if you were going out for a cool night and, um, and to meet, as you said, other travelers or other people who are English speakers or that you wanted to talk to bottle shock wine bar. The only reason we knew about this was because our friend Akko, the guy who drove us around for seven days and basically did everything for us. His best friend owns this place and it was really neat. It's small. They have a few really good Georgian wines. They have some craft beer, like one or two craft beers there. And it was just a really cool spot that, that, you know, it's kind of hippie ish, um, like young crowd in a in a in yeah. They a neat do live area. music almost every night. It's it's a really neat spot, and, and it's it's fairly cheap too. I mean, beer is like two bucks, a glass of wine is like two three bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool experience. Bottle Shock Wine Bar right across the river from the old Tbilisi area. So definitely definitely head there. And the last place we'd recommend then to eat in Tbilisi. This one was is a much easier to find than any of these other places it's called gamar joba which is, means hello in in georgian and this is right there on rustavelli ave yeah and we were i was shopping at zara so it's in close proximity to zara because travis was waiting for me and he was you know kind of getting hungry and he's looking up the recommendations for gamar joba because it looks touristy there's a whole plate of huge kinkali dumplings on display so we're thinking like you know the food probably isn't that good it's but as it, touristy as it can get in in yeah, georgia yeah in right? georgia that's what we thought but it actually got good reviews so we were like okay we're we're hungry. Let's try it out. And it was it was tasty. It was good. Yeah, it was. It's a good introduction to Georgian food. It's cheap. It's right there. Um, of course, if you're at Zara, it's <laughs> really right there. So um, that, that's what we do. Eating accommodations in Tbilisi. You know, give some of your recommendations to the eating. Find your own spots. You. It's really hard to go wrong with Georgian food across the board. But in Tbilisi, it's a lot easier to find restaurants than a lot of the eating you'll do outside in the countryside because a lot of those times you eat at the guest houses, you know, because you're staying in small towns. So check out some of the really cool restaurants in Tbilisi, accommodations, you know, Airbnb, get an apartment if you want. You can go to the Terrace, which we already said we stayed at. Um, it's about really 100, nice 120 views of the a night. city, though. Yeah, really nice views of the city. Big, big rooms. Um, so that's a little more it upscale. It is straight up the hill, though. So it's it's a hike. I mean, you can easily get a taxi, of course, but just be prepared to walk straight up, kind of like in San Francisco. Yeah. And some of the things to do in Tbilisi, uh, you know, just wander around old Tbilisi, wander around the alleyways. Um, obviously, we talked about eating. There's funiculars that you could take up um, and cable cars to all the way up to the top of the hills. There's a park, actually, if you take the funicular up. We didn't know this. An amusement park at the top. We took the big Ferris wheel at night up and around. It was... Very strange to be in like a Soviet era amusement park <laughs> with a Ferris wheel perched on the side of the hill. Yeah, it was that cost about a dollar to go yeah, up. It was but interesting. And we actually did eat at the main restaurant there and it was okay, but it's not something Well, it made me sick. Made so Travis sick. It wasn't okay sad. for me. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so there there's a lot to do in Tbilisi, but Georgia as a whole is best if you get out of Tbilisi. And so what we'd recommend then right outside of Tbilisi is Kakheti, which is right to the east. And that is the wine region. of My kind of region. Of Georgia. And there's a few, you know, the main city, it's not a city, the main town is Signagi. And you can, you can easily do this in a day trip if you wanted to go out in the morning to Signagi and walk around the town. They call it the Las Vegas of Georgia because I guess it's... And, and you can get married 24 hours a <laughs> day there or something? It's not the Las Vegas. It's called the Love City. Mm. Lest people are going and expecting to see casinos. casinos. It's very uncasino okay. It's not it's like a casino at all. It's very cool. It's kind of like on top of a little mountain. So you can see 
down into all of the surrounding countryside. It's all valleys. So it's kind of cool and it's old, obviously. But yeah, it's the love city. So you can get people go there to get married, which right. is why you're saying it's I, like I, Vegas. It's nothing like Las Vegas. <laughs> it has old monasteries and cobblestone <laughs> streets as opposed to neon light and um, girls walk around. How half do you naked. have a travel podcast? What know. are you even talking uh, about? You know, I just, it's so you can correct me. Um, so, Signagi, you can do on a day trip. We took the Mashrutka out there. It took about two hours if, if you're driving yourself. Uh, three hours. Three hours. Okay. Um, again, correct me. Three and a half hours, um, maybe. <laughs> if you're, we would, I would recommend going out to the wine country for at least a night. You know, take, if you have a car, it's easy to get out there just for the day, but get out there, spend a night. Uh, you could spend it in Signagi. Um, there is a, a cool little guest house, not that we stayed at, but that we ate at called the Burgey guest house, which is up the hill a little bit. So if you want a decent recommendation for a place to eat and you know, I, it'd probably be okay. I have no idea well. what the rooms are like, no. but we didn't really like the guest house we stayed at there. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So I wouldn't recommend it. They also have a really nice hotel there called Cabadoni. And Heather I would know because she went to the spa to get a I massage. I went to the spa and the spa, the massage was about 15 US dollars. So don't say it like that. <laughs> I'll correct her. I think it was more like 25, but for an hour. Um, anyway. Yeah. So if you want to treat yourself, Cabadoni was a brand new, really nice hotel right yeah, in the and center. Even to stay there, what was it? About 100 US dollars. Yeah. There was some cheap price maybe. of like 70 bucks, and then there were 100. And it, it was very, very nice. So Signagi is the main area that you could go to. But if you have a car or if you're taking, um, you know, if you have a driver or you're taking a taxi, you can tell them where to go. There's a lot to do in Kakheti itself. Number one, drink wine. Um, there's wine everywhere in Kakheti. Um, but that's the number one thing to do. You can walk to the, the walk to the monastery in Signagi. There's also a really cool lake that we went to for a swim, Lake Ilias, which I mean, you wouldn't have to do, but I thought that was a pretty yeah, cool. It was nice. Cool it was hot, so that was refreshing. It's not the most beautiful lake. It's not the most beautiful <laughs> lake, but if, you, if it's hot out, you could go. You could go to uh, Lake Ilias. But there's a ton of monasteries. There's one in Signagi that that I really like. There's also the Necresi Monastery. That's in that area that that's really famous that you can get to again with a car. And um, Hareba Wine Cellar yeah. was the only wine. There's a lot of wine cellars that you can do wine tours, of, and this is the only one we went to. And we really well, Caraba is one of the biggest wineries I think in Georgia, and. You can do the tour there, which was probably my favorite thing we did in this area because it's made up, it's in a mountain, the winery, and it's made up with all these tunnels that I think used to be some type of Soviet, like... I, it was a monastery, a monastery, wasn't it, or something? I'm not excited. And the Soviets also used it. You're what? underground again. You're underground again, and they have all these tunnels. I mean, like kilometers of tunnels. And this is where the ancient winemaking comes in to play. And I won't get too much into it because I could take up a lot of time talking about this. But basically, they have these huge barrels, like right, like oil drums. Yeah, almost. but they're not wooden. They're clay or clay. Yeah, and they actually put them in the ground. So they're underneath the ground and that's where the wine goes in and they they use, the way they make the wine is different because they don't put in preservatives. They use more of like the naturalness of the grapes. So anyway, it's a really great tour. It's very informative. You get to taste the wine. Just, yeah, it was taste 15 the wine. Laria person. So we're talking like five or six, like six bucks. And it was just a cool spot to see it, uh, at the Haraba wine cellar and again there's a lot of wineries that all do tours and tasting so you could spend days out here if you just wanted to pop around to all of them um but definitely get out to kaketi and it can be a day trip from tbilisi fairly easy day trip if you're in a car but we'd recommend at least staying a night and if you are if you do have a car there's another little area that uh, another place we stay because we did two nights one in signagi and then one in Naperioli because that was a town that's uh, north of Tbilisi and on the way up into the mountains, kind of one of the last towns before you go up into the mountains. And we stayed at a place called Twins Old Cellar, and just a really gorgeous vineyard. I wine, loved it. Winery. It was beautiful. The rooms were really nice, clean. I think a lot of them were newly done. And you have a little balcony with some nice chairs that you can just sit in and literally you have a view of all of the the vineyard and it's it's beautiful. So then what we did is we took two days in Kakheti 
um, region. And then we went up, and this is where you need the four by four. We went up into Omalo and the Touchette. Omalo is the town, and the region is called the Touchette region. And it is, you can only go up like June, July, August, September, maybe to mid-October, and then they close the road because this is the third most dangerous road in the world. And to get up to Omalo, it is about a six-hour drive. If you don't stop, four, you can do it in three and a half. Akko said the fastest he's done it is in three and a half hours without stopping, basically. I mean, you are going down these dirt, roads but i mean you're climbing up to this mountain um well mountains and you're and you're going through waterfalls like with the car and all types of crazy stuff so if it's you have, a pretty crazy off-roading experience it really is it's a long four to six hour drive but it's absolutely stunning some of the most beautiful scenery we've seen in our life so if you are going during this time from june to mid-october well not even mid-october beginning of october and you can go to omalo i highly recommend it. it's very untouristed i mean even compared to the rest of georgia because of the fact that it's difficult to it's get difficult to. to get to and it also is closed most of the time so in omalo during the summer, there's some people out there. Well, how many would you say? Maybe there's 150 people, 200 yeah, people in this town, but five stay all year round. Right. So it's a pretty small town, and they don't have many guest houses, maybe four or five guest houses. We stayed... Even though it's the biggest town in Tusheti, which okay. is the whole region. Right. So we stayed at Sheena, guest house Sheena, which was a great guest house. Some of the most comfortable beds we've slept on. That was eye-opening. You know, so usually pleasant. you get up in the middle of this mountain town and we go in and we're just so tired. You know, we first thing Heather always does is like lay down on the bed to see how nice it is. <laughs> and we both lay down and said, wow, this is like, this is as nice as the beds at five-star hotels. They just had a really comfortable bed. Food was awesome. Food was great. And they have in Omalo this beautiful old fort that you have to hike up to. It's maybe like a 10-minute hike. It's not strenuous at all, but it's really stunning. Just this backdrop of all of these beautiful mountains and then this old fort. It's it's a really, just a really interesting place. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, you are it's like in going this back town, in time. And there's maybe 50 houses at, at most. It's a village. A village. And you have wild horses just running all around the hills around you. You're looking out and you have the caucuses in the background, the snow-covered mountains. You have this old fortress sitting on the hill that you can hike up to in 15 minutes. It is... I, I, I was saying to myself the one time that I went out and did a little hike on my own, Heth, when, when you were back in the room, I was like, is this really real life? <laughs> like these horses are just running around and and posed on this on this mountainside and you're taking a picture and you have this snow-capped mountain in the back of this fortress you're thinking this looks like a painting like someone is just making this up so this region stunning um omalo is is the biggest town there one of the things that we highly recommend you do is you drive to dartlow again you need the four by four and this takes the drive to dartlow <laughs> You know, we're talking, it's probably like 10 kilometers, probably five yeah, miles. it's not that But it far. takes 45 minutes because it, the roads are crazy. And half the fun is getting there. But Dartlow, just as beautiful. If you are going up that region, I mean, a lot of people hike there. You can hike from Omalo to Dartlow over, overnight or it takes like two days or something. But um, yeah, you can do tons of trekking in this region. But I would even recommend, you know, if you're staying Omalo, maybe even go and stay in Dartlow two nights because that was just as stunning of a village. And um, you could, you can't spend too much. I don't know that much. you would need two nights there, though. I mean, I feel like Omalo had a little bit more going on in it, By that, surprisingly. you three guest houses instead of two. Well, yeah, and our guest house was booked with lots of people so that you could have conversations with people. When we were in Dartlow... There were not as many people. That is very true. So, so you, could, you could stay in Dartlow. Definitely, if you're going up there, we spent two nights in Omalo. I would say at least two nights yeah. because the trek up and down is going to take so long. But on the way, it, it, like we said, that's part of the fun, the four, five, six-hour trek up and down because you're seeing scenery that you've yeah, never seen Yeah, and I just want to mention that when we did the trek up with Akko, he was stopping along the way, and which was really nice of him because, you know, I would get a little car sick or something. And we met up with so many people, 
and they would just give us wine and and what's the the booze cha 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 which is horrible but Ho- homemade vodka yeah essentially and there so there was never a point that I got drunk but it was kind of like well I have a nice feeling about me the whole time right well then when we came down two days later we had no wine in us at all and I was scared like at some of the points when you're coming around a curve and there's like nothing and you like if you fell over you would die you would just I mean die. you're looking at <laughs> 8,000, 7,000 foot drops yeah. right off the side of the road. And we're going to try to get a video and put it yeah. up. But it's but anyway, crazy. If someone offers you wine, you should drink it because it kind of takes the edge off how scary this road is. And as Heather mentioned, on the way up, and some of this is due to Akko because we, we say he was our driver, but he was a friend of a friend and he became more like what they call a fixer where like anything that needed to be done. When I lost my wallet, he helped us find it. He was booking us hotel rooms. Yeah, Trav lost his wallet, everyone. Big surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Some of you have been following along on our journey on social media already know that and been commenting that we should do a podcast, Top 10 Place I've Lost My Wallet. So that probably will be coming. Um, But Akko just made the trip so amazing. He knows everyone. He's friendly with everyone. You know, it's always, oh, that's a friend that I knew from growing up. And now we met him on this road. It's and a small country. We all got out and they gave us bo- a bottle of wine. They're giving us cucumbers and chicken. This guy was giving <laughs> us like a whole chicken that was already cooked to eat. And it was like, so we stopped three times on what should have been a three and a half, four hour ride up to eat with people, to drink with people. It it was amazing. And it, it shows the love and the... Uh, personality of the Georgian people. And if you haven't listened to our other podcast about Georgia that we did um, about our, our one day in Georgia and why the, this is why we travel, go check that out because we tell the whole story. And it's I'm not going to recap it here, but check it out because you'll really fall in love with Georgia if you hear that story. Um, but go to Amalo, go to the Tusheti region. It Again, not going to spoil things for the end of the podcast when we talk about things we love the most, but it is <laughs> stunning to go there. And from there, we went back down almost to Tbilisi and then back up to the other mountain region, which is a lot easier to get to. And that's the region of Kazbegi. And that's because they have a highway going up. They have a highway. So, I mean, it's still curvy and you're still going up pretty steep inclines, but it's a highway. So it's not as dangerous and the roads are a little bit easier. So we went up there and in Kazbegi, it's, Kazbegi is a much bigger village. I mean, it's still a village type experience, but it's much bigger. And I would say it's not way more touristy, way more touristy. Again, this is relative. It's not that touristy. Yeah. Um, what, what's amazing about Kazbegi is that they have the monastery, Gurgetti monastery on top of the mountain there. And and also not on top of Kazbegi Mountain, which is what? Kazbegi Mountain, this is the one where they say the second highest mountain in Europe. In Europe. And we're looking like, well, are you guys yeah. in Europe? And like, well, we think so. I don't know. Maybe yeah, we're in Europe. So maybe if we're not. you're not, you know, talking about Nepal, it's the second tallest mountain in Europe. So it's really beautiful. And then there's a smaller mountain right in front of it where Gurgeni Monastery is. So it's this this to, to see that at all times of the day. It's pretty striking. It is the most beautiful place we've ever seen a church or monastery. It sits For sure. on this mountain with this huge mountain, Kazbegi Mountain, behind it. With s- Captain Snow. Captain Snow all year round. You know, it takes you three, four days to get to the top of Kazbegi Mountain, which would be a really fun trip. But again, you have to go with the guide and you have to acclimate. And we're talking about, I think it's 17,000 yeah. feet or something like that, over 5,500 meters. Um, so, I mean, it's a huge mountain, Kazbegi. And then right in front of it is that Gurgetti Monastery and the picture opportunities. Oh, it's just stunning. It's stunning. And you can hike up to it. And it's actually not that hard of a hike to hike up to Gurgetti Monastery. You, uh, It's about a 45-minute hike if you get let off at the in the town. Um, or you can drive up it, but it takes almost like 45 yeah, minutes so to drive up. I drove up with Akko because I was feeling really sick that day. Unfortunately, while we were in Kazbegi, Travis and I both got sick, but I didn't hike up with him because I wasn't having enough energy. And we drove up and Trav only came five minutes after us. So. And the hike is one of the most beautiful hikes I've ever done. It, at first, it was really steep. And I was winded after five minutes. I thought, oh my gosh, am I going to make it? Like, is this how the whole hike is? But it levels out a little bit. And uh, it, it is really, it was amazing. Um, and I would recommend anyone to do it. You can certainly do it even if you're just in okay fitness. Um, take your time. 
but you go around the bend and all of a sudden you're just looking at Cosbeggy Mountain the whole way up and then you come around the other bend and you're at the church. Um, it's stunning. So definitely when you do it, don't walk. We saw a lot of people make this mistake. Don't walk up the path that the cars drive up because it, it's hot and dusty and you can't see anything. There's two other walking paths. So make sure you find the walking paths. When you get let off in town, um, I can't explain it all, but if you get let off in town, like go around to the left side of the mountain and you'll find a trail and then you, you know, you just keep following that up. So one of the best things to do hiking to Getty Mountain. But one of the highlights of the whole trip to Georgia was the place that we stayed, even though we were sick, in Cosbeggy. So Rooms Cosbeggy, the hotel is called Rooms Hotel, is probably one of my favorite hotels I've ever stayed at in my life. It is so eclectic and cool. The design inside is like hanging out in a beautiful kind of high-end hipster living room is the only way I can put it. And it has this huge deck out front with comfortable chairs and couches. I mean, the deck covers the whole of the hotel. So people just hang out there and you just stare up at the monastery in Kazbegi Mountain. And it's stunning. I can't even say enough how There's much I There's an awesome it. pool in there. It's super relaxing. Mm-hmm. So the first night we stayed at Akko's friend's place uh, another driver that he knew and it was cool um it was a little guest house yeah david's was, guest house but there was like a mistake with our reservation so we can only stay one night so that first night we actually went up to Akko said i have to take you to this hotel it's really cool so he took us to rooms cosbeggy and we sat out on the deck that's the cool thing even if you're not staying there go get a drink sit mm-hmm. out on the deck so we stayed out on the deck all you know that night and we're like this is a really cool place Next day, we had a switch, and we are going to go to another guest house, but both Heather and I got sick, so we booked in at Rooms Cosbeggy, which I think is typically about 130 a night, mm-hmm. and honestly, this is coming from someone super cheap. It's well worth every penny. Yeah. But Akko, and this is why he's not just a driver, he's not just a friend, he's like the Georgian fixer. <laughs> he's like, oh, I know. I, I He ran into this girl that he knew, and she just happened to be the head of the reception there area, and she's like, oh, I can get you a place for 70 bucks. And so this was one of the best value hotels we've ever stayed in because it was one of the coolest. Heather thinks maybe her favorite place she ever stayed. I I would agree. It's one of the neatest places we've ever stayed, and it was 70 US dollars. Yeah, but even if it was 130, I would have happily paid it. And so should you because it's amazing. If you're going to treat yourself in Georgia... This and is and this might not be treating it. yourself to some people, like, oh, only 130 <laughs> bucks. But if you're going to treat yourself in Georgia, Rooms Cosbeggy is awesome. So go to Cosbeggy. And Cosbeggy from Tbilisi, this is a really easy trip as well because you have the highway. It's about two and a half hours straight north of Tbilisi. So I wouldn't do it in a day. I mean, you certainly could. But what I would do is if you're crunched for time, go up one day in the morning, spend a night in Cosbeggy, you know, hike that day or spend a night in Cosbeggy, hike some more the next day and then go back. So it's a, it's much easier to do than getting up to Omalo, which from Tbilisi is mm-hmm. like six hours. Yeah. Um, so Cosbeggy is like the easy version of getting into the mountains in Georgia, where yeah. Omalo is the much harder. You can only do it during the summer. So there's that whole allure and it's... Right. You know, so that's kind of our route. We then went out to Western Georgia, an area that we wouldn't really recommend. Um, it was just, we wanted to go to this area called Swinetti, Swinetti. Um, but that is even harder to get to. That's the place I said, if you were taking a Mashrutska minivan from Tbilisi, it was going to be like nine hours. Or you could fly if you were planning it ahead of time. But even if you drove, because we were thinking of driving and Akko said he would drive us, it would have been a long drive. And we just didn't have the time to squeeze it in on this trip. Right. So there was, so we didn't go there, but I would, um, I would recommend doing that if you can. And, and there's, there's a ski resort up there, but again, this is like, We've had people say, if you liked Omalo and you liked Kazbegi, you'll love Swinetti, you'll love Mestia, you'll love Ushkuli. Ushkuli, really fun town to say, also the highest inhabited town, again, in Europe, if you consider <laughs> Georgia Europe, the highest inhabited town in Europe. So, I mean, you're getting up there. You're at 10, over 10,000 10, feet or something like that. So, um, that was kind of our trip. That's how we did it. We also didn't get to Batumi, as you said, to the Black Sea. There's a lot that we didn't get to do. But um, I, I would recommend you do 14 days, and if you picked up the pace a little bit, you could do some of those other things. Or if you flew into uh, Swinetti, you know, that would save you a lot of time. Flew in and flew Definitely. out. Definitely. So, yeah. 
All right. So I guess we should wrap this almost hour long podcast. Yeah. I mean, up. I, I'm actually surprised we did. I think we did a pretty good job. But as we do with Destination Diaries, we always give you our can't miss, the thing we would recommend we'd skip, and then the one thing we wish we had done. We've kind of touched on these, but we're only going to let you each other do one. Like yeah, we've talked only about stuff one we like. thing, so which have, is hard, which is very hard to choose. I mean, what would be if you say, all right, you're going to Georgia, what's the one thing you can't miss? So I want to say two things, but since I can't, I will say that you have to go to Cosbeggy and you have to stay at rooms. I don't care if you spend $10 a night on accommodations for the rest of the trip. You have to stay at rooms and just enjoy their beautiful hotel and the breakfast that we had. You know, it's like this huge buffet breakfast. It's just amazing. All right. I'm going to, we'll cheat. Give me your second, because now I'm intrigued. Okay, well, it's my like, second was second? that you have to go to Omalo, because right. it's really well, cool, that's and fine. that's probably what yours is going to be. That, that is my can't miss. If you're going during a time that you can get up to Omalo, the whole experience is amazing, because you have the crazy road, and then you're in this town that like feels like you went back in time uh, with little kids. I was like, I didn't even tell this story, but these kids were sledding down these huge hills. And I just went over with my camera like, hey, can I hang out? And then they were talking to me. And they're sledding down hills on like cardboard or like little wooden <laughs> crates. And they're just flying down these these grass hills. I mean, you have wild horses. You have, you have cows roaming. You have castles and fortresses. It's... It's... I, it might be my favorite place I've ever been. I could not stop saying wow. So yeah. go up to Omalo if you're there in, in the so summer. So basically can't miss both Cosbeggy and Omalo. Can't miss. All right, skip. The one thing someone could skip. I think we're both on the same page here, and that would be to skip the western, northwestern part of Georgia. I mean, we skipped Georgia. that in this podcast, even, yeah. because we went out there and it just wasn't... And we saw some canyons. yeah. We, we went to Lower Svaneti. Yeah, we did that because we couldn't get up to Svaneti and we thought, all right, we've got a day or two. Why don't we try to do it? But it was just very unmemorable. Yeah, and it was a lot of driving anyway. To get out there. So definitely skip that. I, there's nothing there that you you know would, would right. love to see. Right. Um, and when we say Western Georgia, we mean we kind of mean like that Northwestern, not all the way up to Svaneti. If you're looking at a map, you're probably not because you're probably listening like we're on a park on this podcast, but if you do, and, and we're not talking about Batumi and the Black Sea area because we didn't get there either. That is Western, Western Georgia, but um, there's an area called Western Georgia, I think that's one of the names of the provinces. That's what we're talking about. Um, the thing that we, that you wish we had done that we didn't do. I wish that we had gone to Svaneti, but not by Mashruka. <laughs> not nine hours on a minibus. <laughs> by, right. by flight. <laughs> Me too. And uh, you can get there, as we said, Mesti is the main town, and Ushkuli is the place that a lot of people go to because it's, they said, oh, if you think you went back in time in Omalo, go to Ushkuli. It's like going back 300 years before Omalo. I'm like, that would be cool. So, um, I again, I wish we had gotten to uh, Spinetti as well. So, we didn't get to. We didn't get to go to Batumi. We also didn't get to do the cave cities of Vardia and Uplishika, which looked really, really cool too, similar to Cappadocia in Turkey, but not as big. Um, so, there's a lot that we need to get back and do. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're intrigued with Georgia, there's a lot that you have to do. I, I mean, the best part is... Even without doing like what to do, quote unquote, right? It's it's the eating, it's the people, it's the wine, and the, it's mountains. the mountains. I mean, there's so much that you don't really have to do. You know what I mean? What I say, like, you don't oh, I'm to... going to go to the Eiffel Tower and, and walk up the yeah. Eiffel Tower. It's more just like being there yeah. and you doing stuff. You don't have to try stuff. hard to right. have an amazing experience there. It just unfolds before you because of the wonderful personalities and culture of the whole country. I mean, people were so happy we were there. Georgians would like toast to Georgia and toast to our trip in Georgia. And thank you so much for coming. And it's just such a happy place. Yeah. So someone said to us, well, the only people I could see who won't like Georgia would be people who hate being forced to drink. And if you're one of those people who doesn't drink, you, you can get away with not drinking. I mean, there were times that sure. we were like, we don't want any more cha-cha. Okay. <laughs> um, so you could get, you know, but he was like, if you really, really hate drinking and you don't like mountains. And we we're like, yeah, that would be the only people who could ever <laughs> dislike this place. So one of my favorite places in the whole world, it lived up to my expectations and more. And so we tried to keep this as, as short as we could. And 
this didn't tell as many stories exactly getting into the personalities if of the Georgian stuff. But if you want to hear uh, a really cool travel story about one of our days that really sucked in the beginning and turned out to be absolutely amazing. And that was when we got invited into a Georgian home. Um, definitely take a listen to the other podcast that's called, you know, why we travel, um, as told by one story or whatever we called it, um, right before this one. And it tells all about Georgia. It gives you more information on Georgia because that's one thing we kind of, we, we forgot, but if you get invited into someone's home in Georgia, you have to go just say yes, just say yes, because you will, this happened to us like three or four times. They will give you a feast. <laughs> they will give you wine. They will pull out all the stops for you, even if they have like no money themselves. And it will be one of the best experiences you've ever had. So head to Georgia. We loved it. Country of Georgia, not land of Coca-Cola and north of Florida, <laughs> but instead north of Azerbaijan <laughs> um, and land of mountains, homemade wine and cha-cha, that Georgia head there. Um, we can't recommend it highly enough. Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening today. If you are listening to this, um, don't forget this show was sponsored by our friends over at Tortuga Backpack. So if you're looking for the best travel backpack and you want to save 10% on your order, just use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That will get you 10% off your entire order. There's plenty of other podcasts we've done. We're like 240 some in now. So you can get all that at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Of course, you can listen to it on iTunes, on Stitcher. And I would highly recommend if you did like this and you're interested in Georgia at all to go and listen to that one where we, we kind of dive a little deeper into the, the stories that we had in Georgia. This was a little more big picture. Here's what to do. Here's some logical, practical information. But that told the stories of Georgia. So check that out, um, why, why We Travel, um, that podcast there that came out right before this one. Thank you, as always, guys, for listening. Thanks for all the love. If you haven't left a review on iTunes or anything like that before, I don't think I've asked in probably 100 episodes. Go, leave a review. <laughs> Why not? Leave a review on iTunes for us. Um, that's always appreciated. And thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. Until next time, happy, happy free, free travels. travels.